0: Abide with me, abide with me. Don't let me fall and don't
1: let go. This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm uh, back in our home office with uh, our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. Uh, we happy New Year to you. Same um, to you. It's been a happy
0: New Year already.
1: Yeah, yeah. We haven't had a podcast in a few weeks. We had a good good holiday, and uh, it was a great year last year. And now we're getting our eyes on twenty twenty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. So we, we were talking about what to what to talk about today because uh, we just usually get, uh, let our topics be guided by what's on our heart, or what we're struggling with, or any epiphanies we've had, and all that. And I think. I'm kind of always been kind of a goal setter, as you know, Rocky. Kind of, a, I, th- I think it was shaped by going to a Zig Ziglar seminar years ago when I was first in business, and you know, talking about you know those who those who fail to plan, you know, end up failing, and this and that. You yeah, know. who
0: says that? I, I don't know. Yeah, we're I mean, not quoting scripture I mean, on that. Get that in the Bible. <laughs> and show that to me, because that's where I'm getting my instructions. Now. Exactly. Of course, you know, I was in an industry that that's the way it worked, Yeah. trained very early. The goal setting and planning and all that was the key to your future. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that it feeds into our issues of wanting to be in control. Yeah. And uh, when that happens, then we have a problem with, with the faith walk. And uh, so there's always a balancing act between what we think we need to plan for and then maybe what God wants us to plan for.
1: Well, and I, I think one of the biggest messages I've heard from you is that uh, is breaking out away from the performance-based mentality, even as a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. because in the, from your background of athletics and all that, that was, you were driven that way. I mean, I you, were, you, you had
0: to perform or you or get taken off the field, you know. And um, it fed into my business uh, for 35 years that that I, I viewed it that way too. Now I won't say I'm not say it was bad. I mean everybody, there's a lot of people out there like that, and it'd be wrong for me to ever say that that was. That'd be wrong for them, because um, you can do all that and still be a fine, good Christian businessman and a woman, mm-hmm. uh, and our teacher, or uh, one who stays home with children, or one that works in a factory, or whatever. You can still have those things and do those things and walk with Christ and please him. But for me, I was being taught a faith walk which mm-hmm. had that was reforming me for this ministry. And I feel like all of those years of playing football and business and everything else, it was an incubator mm-hmm. for development of faith and a message and and it it, it fed into the formation of influencers and in what we're doing.
1: Well and I I, I guess I don't use the word goals anymore because goals kinda makes me think something I gotta muster up my energy to mm-hmm. and kick myself in the rear to go do do more of something. Um I've kinda used different language like hopes and dreams. Um I've also used the word commitments, things I'm committed to for this yeah. year. Yeah. Just, just just to kind of re, reshape mm-hmm. what are the things on that, that God's putting on my heart. Yeah. And and yeah. I think if that comes through prayer and seeking the Lord, I think
0: there's a balance there, you know. I mean, There are things He has for us to do in 2020. Absolutely, and I think that's a good way to say it
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and, you know, and believe it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, say it and believe it. They, they need to be together. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, articulation of, of the way you, you know, live out what you envision God is saying to you is is kind of like a purpose statement for life, isn't it? Mhm. hmm uh, and you know, I have a goal every day to get up and spend time with the Lord and with the Bible, the Scriptures, uh, with a little music every now and then, with my journal. Mm-hmm. I have a goal, to do that, uh, and I, I have that goal because it's it's something I've seen is a is a tremendous benefit for me that feeds into my day and actually feeds into everything I do, mm. way way I love my wife and my children and my friends and my enemies. <laughs> And the way I write and the way I lead and the way I listen and the way I love to walk Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's a goal. But you know what? That goal gets disrupted sometimes. Mm. We went to Costa Rica. I wasn't able to do that because we had something going every morning. Mm -hmm. Go to California. They start from can to can't out there. Mm -hmm. And when when I get out there, I'm on the can to can't schedule, and I'm having to download those things that God gave me during those private times that I had with him. Mm -hmm. And my goal has to change. Yeah. Okay? And my goal then has to be faithful to walk out what he's been teaching me. So we can't hold to a rigid schedule to do certain and not be flexible with what God is asking us to do. So our goals have got to be, and our plans, have got to be adjusted by his input along the way. And that's probably what we're going to be talking about.
1: Well, that sounds like personal abandonment and absolute trust, where we hold everything loosely. Lord, you know, we we had in mind in mind what we wanted to do today, but if you want to change it, that's okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it also plays into that passage in Proverbs. Uh, what yeah. is it, Proverbs? Proverbs sixteen nine. Sixteen nine. Yeah. What's the, it
1: saying? The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes
0: his steps. Now look, look at that. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. That's we right. plan our way, but God establishes our steps. So, mm-hmm. every all of our goals are what do you want to call it? Beliefs, uh, dreams, and, and all the things that we're however you want to tar- articulate it to mm-hmm. to feel good about this walk with Christ. But at the same time, realizing you have responsibilities as a dad of four girls, as a as executive director of this ministry, who's directing the organizational growth of it, keeping up with that, you can't do that on the just. I'll just take care of it when I want to. You right. have to plan your day. You do right. that. right? But, but there's that other part, and that is you plan your way. And it says from the heart, mm-hmm. the heart of man plans his way. So this is important to understand about keeping your heart healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a physical sense. I'm talking about soul health. Yeah. With a healthy heart, with a soul healthy condition, we make our plans and those plans are good right right if we have a bad heart if we have mad bad motives if we have a bad spirit within us and we make plans inevitably those plans are not going to be good mm. they might have good business principles about them right mm-hmm. but along the way you're going to find those good business principles disrupted by bad decisions mm. bad relationships bad things that we do to people. So a bad heart has a hard time planning for good things. Mm. A good heart can make good plans but still has to understand that we can't see into the future. Mm. And that's why we have to hold those plans with a loose hand. Mm. And that's what Proverbs is saying there. We plan our way, but God directs our steps. Mm. And we tend toward thinking that we've got it figured out about the steps, because when we have a plan, then we have our organizational steps, how to achieve certain goals, and we have it in a linear uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it works for God. Because mm-hmm. God takes us right, zig, right, left, right, left, right, left, headed in the same direction, but a different path, because on that path we pick up some refugees. Mm-hmm people that are needing to know this God that we see. And then our plans become secondary to God's plans.
1: Well, you know, if we're doing our planning, we're definitely not planning on having trials and planning. You know, we do our best to plan to avoid trials yeah. and heartache. Yeah. And, that you know, we know that God uses that stuff. Sometimes he intends for that stuff to help mm-hmm. us on our journey. But I was, I was thinking about another way somebody put it was uh, – we tend to write out—it was like a big uh, big clipboard or a big uh, pad of paper, and people write all their plans, and then they hand it to God and say, would you sign off on this? Yeah. Versus having a blank piece of paper saying, Lord, what, what do you have for me? What do you want me—and then
0: I'll sign off on it. Yeah. You know, a uh, different way to look at it. Well, when I was in business uh, and I was in the sales industry, you know, we look at— certain people that were in our industry that were adversarial to sales. Yeah. And and inevitably they were the risk planners. Mm. And a risk planner says, you know, we want to plan everything where where we take risk out of it. Right? Yeah. Well, how do you sell stocks and bonds and mutual funds and variable life and variable products which is tied to the market without having risk? And so you have to determine what risk tolerance is before you can design a plan so that those people are able to get what they want and understand the risks associated with it. But whenever you have risk managers that are dictating policies, then they're going to want to take all the risk out of it. Now, why did I say that? Is that even in, with, with, within the, our ministry here, uh, where our commitment is to make disciples, we still have uh, businessmen that are part of this leadership of this ministry, and we're always saying, take that hat off, man. Mm-hmm. Take that hat off. We're not wanting you here to, to be a business man leading this ministry. We want you to be a godly man who's willing to, to uh, be a, comfortable with faith because, you see, there, there are three types of planning. There's risk planning, there's fear-based planning, and there's faith planning. Mm-hmm. And so if you stop and think about it, most people have fear-based plans because they want to avoid risk. And this ministry, if we avoided risk, we would avoid Mm faith, wouldn't we? That's right. We would want to have control, wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. And we would want to make sure that we're financially in good shape all the time. And if, if that's our fear, that we're not, then we're going to... Get out there and make all kind of adjustments to the way we deal with everything, just to adjust to our fears.
1: Or another thing, I just want to bring this up is reacting to the culture, reacting to the you know, and, and trying to craft change our vision to meet the culture rather than
0: keep being true to who we are and letting that impact the culture instead of uh, trying to appease the culture. I think one of the most ignorant statements I've ever heard was by a, a man who. Who was really sincerely saying this, uh, in, in the way he was gridding it out, but he said that he feels like that Christianity needs to become more relevant to the American culture nowadays. Because, you know, there are a lot of people that are not going to church, not a lot of people are not are not wanting to know this thing about Christianity. And the statistics do say that. You know, it says that all of these people are not coming, you know, this generation that's coming around nowadays does not have interest in religious things, et cetera, et cetera. You Mm -hmm. you can look into that. But I told this man, uh, we were in a group, I said, now let me ask you this historically. When has Christianity ever been relevant to the culture that it was in? Right, right. Because Christ was not relevant to that culture, Mm-mm. those disciples were not relevant to that culture. The the, the Rome <laughs> Christians in Rome were not relevant to that culture. In fact, they burned them, mm-hmm. and fed them to lions and bears and all the other things. It never has been relevant. And when it got relevant, then it it shallowed out. Mm-hmm. It's never been relevant. Pure pure. This thing called. Uh, Christianity is not to be watered down to be relevant to a culture. Hmm. It's to be a culture change. It's going to be a challenge to culture. Yeah. And it's always going to be the minority always has. It's actually countercultural most of the time. It is, because yeah. what is our culture based on? World are the flesh, the devil. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right? right. That's right. I mean, that is that is the culture, and we could have a civilized culture, and by the way, I, I think we can challenge that word civilized because we might think that we have better etiquette and we might think that we have a better treatment of certain peoples and all that, and we are civilized cu- culture, but I, I beg to differ. I think that, that the core issues of mankind is that we never get civilized until we get under the yoke of Christ and he yokes that wild beast in us mm. and we learn from him. so the fact is is that I think that um, in influencers as a ministry has got to recognize if we're going to make a difference we've got to be more concerned about having godly people leading this ministry rather than representatives from a certain people group yeah right. And we got to always challenge that. Yeah. We should never limit any way, form, or fashion the people that God would bring into this leadership from whatever people group it has. It doesn't matter.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. it's ultimately the fact we're looking for people who are willing to take the risk in trusting God and believing Him and plan based on faith, but not knowing really how to get there that well. Mm. We talked about uh, we never dreamed
1: we'd be in Costa Rica and that the Costa Ricans would embrace the journey process so fully like they have. You know, that wasn't a part of our planning. No. I mean, but we, we praise God for it. You know, it, it was yeah. something. So I pray we, we just pray, Lord, help us reach the people,
0: anybody that you want to reach. Yeah. And, and we'll do the best we can to, to do it, you know. Well, there's a prayer going on. I thought we were going to talk about 2020, <laughs> but This is what we're doing. <laughs> it's kind of related. Yeah, but uh, there's a prayer going on right now, and that is we're praying for a youth movement. Right. And, um, you know, all these statistics that tell you about uh, the millennials are, you know, going off reservation. You know, they don't have any interest in this. And, you know, they're going to be one generation away from this country being completely void of Christianity and all those things and and those are those again those are frightening statistics but they don't they don't they're not they they're kind of static in thinking that this country and this world is going to remain on the same course it's been the last 100 years and therefore all the comparisons are based on that but what doesn't happen is that when millennials start to have their world shaken mm-hmm. when they began to see all those things that they thought were surefire things that they were entitled to began to be taken from them. And they began to have children and grandchildren. And they began to understand the great uh, challenges to that very secure life they thought they had. And that's when they're receptive to what Jesus has to offer. Them. Mm. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't matter who you are, you yeah, know. <laughs> Core needs are all the same, whether it's these teenagers. I'll be speaking to about 400 of them mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know that there's, uh, there's a great difference. They're, you know, my grandchildren's age. Mm. Uh, and if I think I've got to get on a particular level of technology with them, I'll, I'll look like a fake Mm-hmm. You know, the things that they do in gaming and all the other things that I don't know anything about. I'd be a fake if I try to get there, but there's a, there is something that is in common, and that is they're looking at a life that's ahead. I know this about those kids. They've grown up not really trusting the authorities of, over them. Mm. And I think that one thing that they're going to be looking for is authenticity. Yeah. No matter what the age of the person or the race or the culture or whatever, is he authentic? And, uh, and so I'm trusting that, Brian, that uh, that there's going to be kids out of there that are going to be, some of them are going to be just like most 17 or 18 years old, and they're going to be few. They're going to be world changers.
1: Well, Rocky, the, the, we've been talking a lot about this, and, and, and a lot of the authors are saying the reason the young people are not embracing their faith is because they watch their parents, who had an inauthentic you know, who had a? They thought their parents were phonies. Yeah. They called themselves Christians, but they weren't living it out. Well, I would say what we're doing with the journey is is trying to change that. We're, we're trying to help people find their authentic faith and yeah. that that abiding relationship with Christ, which changes everything. It That's changes. the only thing that changes. <laughs> And, and if we're doing that, then I hope all our men and women out there who are going through the journey are going to start impacting the next generation and their own kids first and foremost mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's right in your 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 first ministry is right there under yeah. your roof and and in your sphere of influence- your direct sphere of influence
0: and it is happening i I know it's happening it is we've seen uh, we've seen grandfathers who uh, have gone through the journey have come to this intimacy with Christ and they bring in their sons and their grandsons. We've seen that. It's worked down generations that way. And we've seen grandsons bring in their fathers and their grandfathers. And it's reversed itself. Because there's something contagious about the real deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when a life is is found something, that living water that, that, that we're so thirsty for, and you bring your family members or your centers of influence to find that living water, then lives start changing. And, and that's why we've seen such an organic growth in this ministry. It hasn't been because we have had the vision to do it. Yeah. We had not had the plans and the goals to do it. We haven't done that. We have never done that in 20 years. Hmm. We have just said, okay, let's walk it out with Jesus. Let's say, here I am. Take what you want of me. And then let's be comfortable with faith Mm. Let's be comfortable with personal abandonment and absolute trust. That's the hardest thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. But when we do that, we begin seeing him do amazing things. Mm. And that works. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, uh, being that it's 2020, I think I've heard a lot of people have gone with the obvious – you know, 20, doing a play on the, on the 2020, like your vision. Yeah. So people are saying, you know, God, give me clear vision this year or clarity. Mm-hmm. And I heard a great quote out of uh, Brennan Manning's book, Ruthless Trust. I want to read real quick because sure. it, it really ties to our conversation. And this is, uh, it says, when the brilliant ethicist John Kavanaugh went to work for three months at the House of the Dying in Calcutta, he was seeking a clear answer as to how best spend the rest of his life. On the first morning, he got to meet Mother Teresa, and she said, What can I do for you? So he asked her to pray for him. Well, she said, Well, what do you want me to pray for? He said, Pray that I have clarity. She said, No, I will not do that. (laughs) He said, Why not? Um, She said, Clarity is the last thing you're clinging to, and you must let go of it. And he commented that she always seemed to have clarity that she longed for, and she laughed and said, I've never had clarity. What I've always had is trust, (laughs) So I'll pray that you trust God. Mm. Isn't that good? That's wonderful. I think we would would have gotten along great with Mother Teresa. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if she would have us,
0: but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we had the same yeah. same DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, trusting God. Um, there was a there was a true life story of a former governor that wanted to get enlightened, so he went to see Mother Teresa, and he was wanted to he went in there and said, "How can I help you?" And he was expecting to bring great funds and. And you know all the other stuff that his influence could bring. She said, "We'll get that uh, pail of water over there and go wash those people's feet."
1: <laughs>
0: and they were a bunch of dirty people yeah. and dirty feet. Mm. And uh, she said, "That's where you start." So uh, you know, the, uh, there's there's so much wisdom in that, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, it's hard to to look at that from a standpoint of want to be in control, and that is, uh, how can we have 2020 going into 2020 Mm -hmm. uh, and look forward? And the only way we can do that is what another quote says that retrospect is 2020. Mm
1: -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. That's the only thing that we can see clearly is when we look back. Right. So what do we look back? In planning this ministry, what do we look back over 20 years and see? Mm. We see that God has taken us to places that we never thought we would go. Yeah. And we just trusted him. Yeah. So that's our 2020 vision. Yeah. Now, what's your hopes and dreams, though? Let me ask you that question. What would you be your hopes and dreams for 2020 going forward with uh, Influencers as our executive director?
1: You know, ever since I started here as executive director, I've always felt um, a little over—a sense of over being overwhelmed mm-hmm. because— we're trying to go reach the world. That's a pretty big, you know. I have to break it down into smaller bite-sized chunks. Reach the world's the world. too big. One person. To <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I'm all. I love it. I love what we're doing, and I, I, I see such a need for it. I want it I want it to be in every city in America. I want. I want every country to start embracing it. I mean, I. I I my desire is everybody to go through the journey. Mm-hmm. I mean when I lived in Tulsa my goal was every man in Tulsa will go through the journey. You know and I I think I estimated that could be 300,000 people or something if you do the population demographics but but uh that's a worthy desire. You know I don't think God scoffs at that desire but mm-hmm. uh, but it's really just um I think my my greater desire is that I would be in tune with God. And uh, that I'll I'll be doing the things He wants me to do, and that I'll be in the will of God, and and the only way I know to do that is what you're talking about is abiding to get with Him every day and say, Lord, what do You have for me today? What, what do I need to do today? And what and and to start showing me the things in the future. My word for this year is prayer, and I know that sounds spiritual and all that, but I really mean it. And when I say that, I mean. Every day in my quiet time, make sure that I'm carving out part of my quiet time to get on my knees and just sit still before the Lord and listen mm-hmm. and, and and pour my heart out. And maybe once a week, take two hours over and take fast over lunch and go go spend two hours at a park yeah. praying more intentionally. And you know, just really intentionally because it's only through prayer I think that I'll hear the things He has for 2020. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know. I,
0: wanna... I, I think that's I think that's your methodology. But I want to tell you a word to go. Okay. The way to articulate it. I, mm-hmm. think it. I think it speaks to your heart. Mm-hmm. And that is, you would like for this ministry, uh, and you as the executive director of this ministry, to reach the world. Mm-hmm. That's a good, worthy goal. But here's the second part of it. And use us, if he will. Yeah, that's right. Because it's about Christ reaching the world okay. and use us, if he will. Right. And that's all about him. It's not us reaching the world. Mm. We don't do it. We hadn't reached all these men and women. We hadn't done this. It's been the Holy Spirit's had the freedom to work through willing people mm. and make us capable. Mm. And it's you talk about the way you articulate things, but it's also the way you see things. And this is, a, this is a looking through a grid of one, uh, understand that I'm just an ordinary guy. And um, I don't want to be an ordinary guy, okay? But this is where you have to be careful because you're either going to see yourself as wanting to be a Christian Rambo, Mm -hmm. okay? Or you want to be a servant like Christ, was not a Rambo. He took on the role of a bond servant. He washed feet. Mm -hmm. He touched stinking, rotting lepers Mm -hmm. and healed them. Uh, I want to be more like Jesus, and He reached the world, and I want to be an instrument in His hands to reach the world. But it's got to be just—I'm just a screwdriver or something. You know, I'm just an instrument. That's mm. all I am. And I think that that's—I think that we stay safe in having the the, the perspective how we can be used and it not become a work of man or a a man who gets glory for himself and people write about him say he reached the world. Mm -hmm. It's one that says God used him greatly. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to be put on our tombstone, hopefully.
1: Is there anything in particular God's put on your heart for this year? I mean, I know you said uh, praying for a youth movement. Is there anything else that God
0: maybe big prayers or dreams that you that are in your heart right now? I wish I could say that. You know, I, I'm supposed to be a visionary and all that, but I never I never see a vision as much as I see my hope. Uh, and it always ties down to, honestly, I hate to say it this way because it sounds selfish, but I just ask God that he'd let me uh, represent him well. hmm and whether it's in my words or my what I write or what I speak or encourage, that's my goal: is to walk with Him purely. I'm not have a an agenda that um, it brings glory to me. You know, I don't want that. Mm. But I love, I absolutely love seeing people loving Jesus. I love them coming through this ministry and. And hearing how the journey helped them, mm. even tr- changed them, and I, I know it's not curriculum that was written. It's the proximity that it takes somebody to. It's that connection with him. That's what changes people. Mm. And I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see it in the in the youth, because I think that like like we do know is that the youth who represent the future. Uh, and I'm afraid they could be seduced by the evil forces that that are so permeating our society now, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's pornography or a lot of the stuff that's in media, uh, the freedoms that are just absolutely drop, robbed from us, freedom from not seeing things that we don't want to see or mm. what's being represented out there. Uh, also, the... I pray that God will raise up more champions uh, in this ministry in different regions because we have a a wonderful mechanism for uh, spreading the message that God's given us and that's through God raising up champions in different regions of the country and world who are called, who have something of a passion like we see back here in all our other regions, a passion for reaching the people in those cities that they're in. Mm-hmm. I know that's going to be your your responsibility. Expand this ministry and develop in regions. And God has given us resources. You know we're we're dependent on Him. We're never uh, going to have more than we can run out of. If He does, He to do, that. He if He pulls His hand away from us, and that's the joy of of this ministry of being comfortable with being dependent. He never makes us needy. Uh, but we're dependent, and I I see the uh, I see that we have a, a, the possibility of having regions throughout this nation who will impact all of their areas around them, which represents churches and businesses, and governments, and prisons and jails, hmm. women and men, and uh, young people, and campuses. Hmm. I'd like to see all of these global places. When I say global, I'm talking about not just internationally, but I'm talking about the different um, areas of impact. I'd like to see more of that occurring. But it always comes down to God raising up leaders, and that's the big prayer is that God will continue to raise up leaders that will champion the cause of this ministry, and the cause of this ministry is about the cause of Christ. It's not about building a ministry we we really are. We don't have any property. We're not going on any property. We don't have any debt. We don't want to be known as some kind of powerhouse ministry with a grand tower that we're operating out of. That's yeah. not that's not us. Mm-hmm. Our's is to enable a movement yeah. that radiates out, and each region radiates a movement that goes out. Yeah. We've That's already right. seen our regions reproducing other regions and other affiliated cities just because of the impact that they had on people there. That's right. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see it internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down to Costa Rica and seeing Henry and Hyder uh, in Columbia and seeing, uh, seeing the church down there. And, boy, you talking about enthusiastic about the journey. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about just the normal group of men. We're talking about the women and the men and the teenagers. The teenagers right. were just excited. That's right. And then going over into San Jose, uh, they they were not familiar with the journey or the books or any of that. They didn't really know us. They just knew somebody who knew of us, and yeah. that was the connector. But we had uh, how many people do you think we had there?
1: Um, I, I think there was probably seventy-five or a hundred yeah, people, and, and they were Seebook, they were yeah. ministry
0: leaders and mm-hmm, yeah. missionaries and, and, and women, pastors, yeah. mm-hmm. and so all we could do is go on the basic principles of abiding and what we've been shown over the last twenty years, and as has been the case wherever we're going, it resonated, mm-hmm. it hit them where they they were, where they were interested because they knew it was not about another uh, program; there was something different than what we we're bringing and we we're bringing a2,000 year old secret <laughs> <laughs> that's right and, they, and it resonated with them and and I'd like to see pa- places like that that are now taking responsibility for their own country yeah and that, 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 that we don't have to be another Western ministry that, that creates a Western model that they in turn will of course they're Western but I'm talking about an American, ministry with an American model going down into a Central American country to try to have another American model, Right. we don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to give them something that they own yeah. and that they take responsibility for and stewardship on, and then it begins to radiate out. And we already see that with Henry Gutierrez, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. a pastor down in Coco, and in the relationship he has with Hyder mm-hmm. in Columbia. Now Hyder in Columbia is now starting journey groups there. That's right. And that's all organic, it's relational. That's right. that's we'll see right. more of that. That's, that's my right. that's my hope, if that's my vision, that's my hope. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Well, I think we're about out of time, Rocky. But thank you for taking the time this morning, and uh, and I share your your hopes and dreams too. And I think people around the country do as well. So, I, I ask all you out there to be praying for influencers and just pray for these champions to be raised up in new cities, and uh, and uh, and just pray for your part in it. Uh, if you're part of this ministry, uh, there's always a need for more men and women to step up and be guides because there's so many people who need to be guided and need to go through a journey process. But it's going to be you guys raising up people around you and your sphere of influence. And so that continues to be the model. <laughs> so
0: anyway. I think you, uh, you're you right, Brian. And I think the, the fact is is that you are the keeper of the vision. You're the ones going to be reproducing this to our boards, uh, to the people that are under your leadership. So I pray for you. And I ask people here to pray for you, hmm. that God will anoint you with wisdom to know to carry out the things that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, well, I'll take that for sure. Um, And I would remind all of you out there, we do a weekly prayer meeting, uh, 615 to 715 Central Time, but you can join us via Zoom video conference from wherever you are in your time zone. We do that every Tuesday morning. And uh, if you're on our Abide email that comes out every day, uh, there's a link on there every Monday. So uh, anyway, or go to our website and you can find out more information about that. So anyway, well, uh, thank you for joining us today. This has been the Influencers Network podcast. Again, I'm Brian Craig executive director for influencers global ministries and i'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in christ and go make disciples god bless you